the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hello, everybody. Once again, Ron Geyer back with End Time Insights. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And we love doing this. We love talking to you. I'm going to pretend that you're there. I'm a sanguine temperament. I live for my relationships. Peter was a sanguine temperament in the Bible. Sanguine. We love people. We love relationships. We're not that disciplined in the natural realm. The Holy Spirit works that in us. But we live for our relationships. Remember when um, Jesus, they were sleeping, the disciples, not Peter. Peter was awake, middle of the night, the storms out there, the oceans waving, and he sees somebody coming across the water, and it was Jesus. And he goes, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come out there. And he just wanted to bond with somebody and say, the Lord says, of course, come. And Peter, being who he is, looked around at the waves, got scared, and started to sink. But God, hallelujah. Anyway, today's topic is Grace Doesn't Change God. I hope you've got a lot out of the four tapes, the four sessions we did on repentance. So important. Uh, God can go no further with you in your relationship until you repent. For me, repentance, it's a lifestyle. It's not just something I do one time, despite what other teachers would tell you. I need to repent. If I sin, I need to repent. And I thank the Lord that he provided that aspect so that my relationship with him can stay open and clean and pure. I live for that. So today, grace doesn't change God. I want to point this out because there's a lot of people that choose not to um, think about the law or the Old Testament as having any impact, any lessons for us uh, in today's Christianity, which of course is false. Malachi 3.6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So in context, Jesus is yelling at the Jew again. And the prophet Malachi is, uh, what does Malachi mean? I know what Malachi means. Oh, I forget. I'm going to have to study. I read it this morning and now I forgot already. I'll bring it to you next week. Malachi, though, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So Malachi is giving the Jews this warning And he's reminding them that God doesn't change. And it's a good thing he doesn't change because you're living terribly. He's rebuking them and he's challenging them in their sin. And he says, look, the Lord's not going to change. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, you're not going to change the written word of God. And you can thank him for that, that he said, I'm not going to destroy all Israel. And that's the context of it. There's many today who believe and are teaching that the God of the Old Testament is a different God than the God of the New Testament. That somehow what Jesus did has created new parameters by which God is hindered from his ability to discipline us, to judge us, to challenge us, to rebuke us. And they preach that. 
and may even tell you that. It's unbelievable. Others will be more subtle and just point out that because we are now under grace, God's judgments no longer come into play. Many will also point out that grace covers our sin and God no longer holds us accountable for the sins that we commit. Today's Christian preacher and the Christian who sits under the ministry of preachers like this, to them, the God of the Old Testament has become anathema to the wishes for a challenge-free lifestyle of pleasure and self-gratification. And that's what we're teaching. We're misrepresenting grace. We're misrepresenting God. We are no longer believing that every word is true. Every word that's been written, you can't change one single syllable, one pronunciation mark. You can't change any of it. You can't. They say that God was judgmental, that he was harsh, that he no longer exists under grace. They didn't like the Old Testament God. That he doesn't belong in 2022 American church life. He has been replaced by a loving Jesus who dealt with sin and therefore removed any such penalties for any such behavior and removed the need for daily repentance as well. The God we want is the God that we have created. And that's found in Romans 1, and 23. Professing themselves to be wise, yeah, right, they became fools. And basically, the, the fool in the Bible says there is no God. That's what fools mean. Another time we see fools, the word there is moreno. We get our word moron for it. These people are morons. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. There it is. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. We don't like God as he reveals himself in the word, especially the Old Testament. Therefore, in our pride and our arrogance, we have remade him into an image that we can relate to. We considered this wisdom when in reality, it's foolishness at its highest level. The God we created fits in well with pagan mankind's desire to avoid gospel confrontation and accountability. We don't like reproof, correction, and discipline. That's judgmental. Yet the Jesus we wish to follow, even he has been neutered by the counterfeit agenda of Satan, working mightily through man's foolishness. Jesus isn't a new God, a new, kinder, gentler, more approachable and tolerant version of God, like they say. John MacArthur actually says that some of these folks that preach this stuff, they hate God. I was surprised and shocked the first time I heard him say that, but it's true. You hate God. Why call me Lord and do not the things that I do? You know how you profess your love for God? By obeying him. Well, if you're not doing those things, the opposite of love is hate. And I'm sure some of them do. They may not know it. They would never acknowledge it. But, you know, I can't hear your words. Your actions are speaking too loud. They say this about Jesus, that yes, no, Jesus is different. Well, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is God. You know, as I'm doing this study, I think I'm going to start next week, perhaps. I'm going to do a series. It's going to take a while on grace. I really need to explain to you what grace does, what it doesn't do, what it is. I want to go into the Old Testament and show you how grace was operating in the Old Testament. I think I like that. I may go there. But today, back to here. Grace doesn't change God. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is God. He was in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is all about the upcoming Advent of Jesus Christ, both the first one and the second one. Jesus was around in the old book as well as in the new book. And no, he hasn't changed either. It's man who's been changing, going from worse to worse. The Bible says in the last days, scoffers and imposters and evil men will be waxing worse and worse and worse. As we go in time, mankind doesn't ascend into a greater intellectual understanding. He doesn't become a greater being. He descends into more depravity and depravity to ultimate 
pagan worship, and that's where we're heading right now. That's why Jesus is coming back. He gave mankind all the time that he needs to repent and to get right with him. And yet now, now that we're at our end, now that rejection is rampant to God's word, he's coming back before we annihilate ourselves totally off the face of the earth. So it's man who's changing, going from worse to worse. All that does is just make our job as Christians, as preachers, as witnesses, as light, a little bit harder. It's okay. We'll still do what we're supposed to be doing preach the gospel. We'll call for repentance. We'll point out sin. We will still do that. But it seems more and more people in the church need these truths than need them in the world. Isn't that strange? The church is going the way of the world. Well, the way the world going is because the way the church is going. We are battling apostate teaching. We are battling worldliness, persecution, and deception. We are battling carnality, compromise, and idolatry. And I'm talking about the church So if we will continue to walk in true holiness, the true church, the remnant of God, our light should shine more and more brightly. The darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. So when we are surrounded by this darkness, that's our witness that our light is shining, that we are walking holy, that we truly do know the God that we're talking about. We may not know the God that you're talking about because you've changed him so that he could conform, so that you could have a lifestyle that's not challenged by truth. But no, the light is turned on and it's kept on in the life of the true Christians and it's kept on and you do that when you preach truth, when you preach the word of God. How do I know that? Psalms 119 verse 5, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, Lord, and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word lightens your feet. It shines a light on your path so as to keep you from drifting. The true church of God is losing many to the deceitfulness of sin and the great apostasy. Only his word can keep us safe from drifting. Only his word can keep us in the body of Christ. It's our responsibility to take up our cross and to keep telling the church and the world the truth, even if they don't want to hear it. Yes, the God of today is the same God of the Old Testament. Yes, the God of today still kills people to correct those that remain. He still judges people, and he'll use death at times, Ananias and Sapphira, New Testament. Look at this COVID. I don't know the true number about how many people died of COVID. COVID is a judgment by God on the earth to call attention to us that our sin is destroying us. And they say millions of people died. That's not true, but I'm sure the number is several hundred thousand died throughout the world because of COVID. Well, God would never do that. Well, then you don't know God. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, God himself was actually going to kill one-third of the human race. Well, according to numbers today, that's going to be two billion people. Why? Because he knows their hearts are hardened and he wants the other four billion to get saved. Because repentance is still on the table at that time. God's word lightens your feet. You must stay in the word of God. You must know where you are going. You know, as a church, and people aren't going to believe me when I say this, but we can do very little about the current state of affairs in America. I'm sorry. God didn't call us to fix anything. He said, don't bother to try to clean the pond. Fish in it. Totally different dynamic. So we weren't told to fix anything, just to keep our lights shining so as to draw folks out of the world into God's kingdom. The more our light shines, the brighter it is. Just like moths, people will be drawn to the light. That's the way God set it up. Matthew five sixteen. let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your good works. Jesus congratulated all seven churches for their good works. 
And that's a sign that you do know God by doing good. You don't earn your salvation by your works, but it is the evidence that you are saved by your works. My light, like your light, is the word of God in my life. It's the word I live by, and it's the truth which I speak. I will warn both the world and the church of the inherent dangers in believing the lies that distort God's truth, that misrepresent who he is, the lies that deny his sovereignty, the lies that change who he is, the lies that remake him into our image, the image which mankind wants. That's how far we've drifted. Man was made in the image of God. Now we're actually getting people to swallow the lie that God is made in the likeness and the image of man. The deceptions that are being played upon the church. You know, the Bible says that we have reprobate minds in Romans chapter 1. If we continue to reject God, we are now considered reprobate. Our minds, basically, our consciences have been seared. And literally, we've become morons. We are incapable of exhibiting common sense. I mean, look at some of the nonsense you hear coming out of Washington, D.C. Totally amazing. Anyway, the lies that deny his sovereignty, the lies that change who God is, and the lies that remake him into our own image, the image which we want our God to be, none of these lies about God need stand alone. They're all part of a larger mosaic designed to remove God from our culture, our society, and even our speech. You know, we've taken God out of the schools. We've ripped the Ten Commandments out of our courthouses. Now you can't even mention the name of Jesus. It's not welcome in a lot of our public gatherings. And just like repentance, we are trying to remove that word from our vernacular. The world and half the church don't like talking about a God of judgment and discipline. They would rather speak of a God of love and a God of accommodation. They want compassion and understanding and tolerance rather than the true Bible version of God's love which holds us accountable, rebukes us, and judges us to correct us. In this day, when everything and anything goes, God's word and his truth just don't fit in. Look, we're removing sin from our vernacular in America. Leading pastors, they're not pastors, leading imposters in our churches, they won't even talk about sin. Well, they're buying in the devil's lies. He doesn't fill our churches or promise us daily carnal successes, no matter how we live, the God of the Old Testament. Therefore, we're not going to bring him up. We're not going to talk about him. God hasn't changed with the times. His past judgments on Israel, they say, don't apply to today's modern Christian lifestyles. That was then. This is now. Well, that's not true. Let's look at Jude, see what he has to say about it. Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication... And going after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So here we see that Jude's writing that in the Old Testament, there was eternal fire for those that lived lifestyles in opposition to God's will and God's word. And yet he says it's been put in the Bible. Let me reference that again. Jude seven, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh flesh are set forth as an example. They're an example for us. Oh, that's the Old Testament run. No, that's the Old Testament. And those are the acts that occurred, but God put them in the Bible so that we could learn from them and duh, not make the same mistakes. What is wrong with us? We won't even talk about that. We'd rather talk about Old Testament tithing where we can get your money under the law. Oh, by the way, that's the only time the law comes into the New Testament. We can't be talking about the Old Testament in the New Testament, but we will take your money under tithing. I tell you, we just so insane that we follow these people. The Bible clearly states that the sins of the Jews and the world in the Old Testament were recorded and placed in the book, the Old Testament, to leave us an example of what would happen to us 
if we, like them, disobeyed God's word. I mean, what, what blessing we have. We have a record of the sins of the Old Testament. And understand this, God not only recorded just the sins and the curses and the judgments upon the Jews, he also recorded when they got blessed by the good things that they did. You know, God's word regarding purity and holiness. We need to learn the lessons when the Jews violated that. The New Testament, it doesn't change any of God's word, no matter how much false teachers will tell you differently. They would never say God's word changes, though. What they do is introduce new takes on what's been written to conform to their self-made doctrines. They spin it. Yet, if we stick with the word, we will not be led astray by their trickery. Galatians 3.24 Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. That's really great. The purpose of the law was our teacher, our schoolmaster. Why? To bring us to Christ. Why? That we would be justified by faith. Okay, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Ron, the law was our schoolmaster. It doesn't count anymore. Well, the way that God acted in the Old Testament was not just to pronounce judgment and blessings on the Jews, but his actions were also designed to provide for us a template of his will and his response to our obedience or disobedience as well. Galatians 3.25. I'm going to read Galatians 3.24 again because Galatians 3.25 follows it. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that, faith has come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. And people jump up and down. See, I told you, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. The law, we don't need it anymore. Many would say that was Old Testament. We are under grace and the New Testament. And those laws don't apply to us. We are not under the law. That would be correct. I agree with that, that we are not under the law. But that doesn't mean God did away with the law. We still can't steal. Thou shalt still not kill or murder or take thy neighbor's wife or use the name of the Lord in vain. The law still applies. The law is still the law. All that's happened is we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, but the law is still real. That's not been done away with. What grace did for us is provide Christ's sacrificial substitutionary death to pay the penalty for our sins. That when we do break those laws, we needn't wait a whole year to get forgiven and cleansed. We don't have to live with the stain of sin for an entire year like the Jews did. We can live daily cleansed because of the precious blood of the Lamb and the opportunity to repent. The Old Testament and the law pointed to Christ. We are living in the fulfillment of that law. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. So God didn't change it all. Matter of fact, Jesus and grace confirm everything about God in the Old Testament. These verses in Galatians show that the God of the Old Covenant's way of teaching the Jew was by the law. It also was a teacher for us if we will go back and learn the lessons taught by that. However, God didn't change it all. Matter of fact, Jesus came in and he fulfilled everything that God said. Let me read this. These verses in Galatians show that the God of the Old Covenant's way of teaching the Jew was through the law. I get that. It also was a teacher for us, which is why he wrote it down. I get that. It's a schoolmaster for us as well. Of course it is. The Bible says it is. But now, yes, it's correct that the law isn't our teacher. It has been replaced by faith. And it is now faith which is our schoolmaster, our teacher, and our method of operation. I get that. That's great. It's fine. We have a new teacher, a new system by which we live. Awesome. But please know this. The teacher is new and the system is new. But the curriculum isn't the same. It hasn't changed. All the principles in the Old Testament are still real. The Ten Commandments are still real. That thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart. 
It's the same way with God. He made himself more accessible through grace. He has changed the rules and how he deals with sin. Thank you, Lord. Through Jesus, he made a way for man to get back into close relationship with him. But the truths about disobedience and obedience, they haven't changed. The penalty for unrepented sin is still the same. It's death. The spiritual laws that govern mankind are the same. Seed time and harvest remains, and the God of love is still the God of love. The love included mercy, it included grace and judgment and forgiveness then, it still includes mercy, grace, judgment, and love today. The difference is that love through judgment in the Old Testament has been replaced by love through grace. And God and his word are one. If God were to change, his word would have to change, and that just doesn't happen. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And couple that with Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. These two verses assure us that God and his word are one and that they are immutable. They never change, not even a little. Judgment was huge in the Old Testament. Today's Christian doesn't like that word. We don't like being judged. We are God's children. We have been delivered from judgment. God would never judge his kids. God is love. Love doesn't judge. God doesn't see our faults, only the good in us. We are now, once and for all, always saved. That's a whole bunch of false gospel right there. That's the false gospel that's being spouted from imposters who are standing in our pulpits. We don't like what's written, so we change it. It's what's been written would never sell. It doesn't fill our pews. It doesn't fill my pockets. It doesn't bring people in. It doesn't appeal to them. The gospel is not supposed to appeal to your flesh. It's supposed to convict you. The Holy Spirit's job is not to make you feel good. It's designed to make you feel bad, that you are out of relationship with God, that you need to come in. And then it's the gospel working on the conviction of God that lets you know that there's a better life for you. We got it all wacky. We think if it offends the flesh, It can't be God. I got a question for you. My wife got this revelation the other day. We were in Bible study and we were talking about the, what were we talking about? We were talking about the God of repentance and my wife was studying and this came up. She goes, Ron, what about Barabbas, right? What about Barabbas? If you lived during that day, would you have chosen Barabbas or would you have chosen Jesus? I'm looking at Karen and I'm asking her, and of course, who would you choose? Barabbas or Jesus? You would choose Jesus, of course you would. Yet, God chose Barabbas. Isn't that interesting? God chose to have the people free Barabbas so that Jesus could die. So, it was good that the people would want to free Jesus because he's Jesus. I would want to free Jesus. That's good. But it was God that they free Barabbas because God's plan called for the death of Jesus. So there's a whole different dynamic here between what's good and what's God. And as a church, we've got to know that. Me, I would choose Trump. And yet here we see that God had Biden. Why? Because good is getting Trump back in. But God's plan for our nation is to judge it and to bring us to our knees so we will repent. So he allowed Biden in there. Do you see the depth of that? You've got to know the difference between what's good and what's God. And I think that's a big reason America's in trouble. The church is in trouble. We would rather take good according to our five cents flesh realm than pray, intercede, find out the will of God, study the word of God, and find out where we're heading. I think that's just so rich. I love that. I love that. Kudos to my baby. She's wise. Women are wise. It's a chapter in our book. Hallelujah. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. 
Amen. We have been delivered from judgment. We don't like being judged. God would never judge his kids. God is love. That's the false gospel, and we are stealing salvation from the people who follow such teaching. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, has she shall not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Here the writer makes the connection, man lies. They're lying in our pulpits. God doesn't lie. We either believe what's been written or we suffer the discipline, the judgment, and eventually the wrath of God for our unbelief, just like the Jew did and is continuing to suffer falsely. But the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. The key word here I want you to understand is all the promises of God will come to pass. The promises about blessing, the promises about cursing, the promises about forgiveness, the promises about judgment, about chastisement. The promises about grace, the promises about mercy, all of them. We tend to pick out the good promises and we paint a false picture of who God is and we reject the lessons in the Old Testament because he's not the God that we wish to know. We'll be back next week. I'm Ron Geyer. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.